Hello and welcome to the Whole In My Heart podcast. This is episode 50. 5-0! hey Whoa. There should be some sort of fireworks or something. You're right. Yes. There, there were just fireworks just then. Lovely. Gay girl, good God, and good marriage. Yes. We are doing all the alliterations today. <laughs> Hello and welcome. My name is Lori Krieg and I am here with my husband, Matt. Hello. And producer, Steve. What's up? Zup. There you go. You hit it. He does something different every single week. And that was, you probably should have done just the was up and just thrown it right back to early nineties because that's (laughs) what needed to happen. But we have a great episode for you today talking about marriage and uh, about a story, which I just so love every time we do this podcast, because we get to hear gorgeous stories of the gospel's good news for everyone every day. And our guest today is Jackie Hill Perry. Jackie, welcome. Greetings. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. And Jackie, where are you calling from? Um, in Atlanta. In Atlanta. And you've got your girls, your two daughters with you. And how old are they? Uh, the one in my lap is four months. The one watching Kung Fu Panda is three. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that is great. Okay. So if we hear some interruptions, we're just going to be like, thank you, Jesus, for the family of God mm-hmm. and for your family. So that's so great. Um, and Jackie, in case you don't know her, she's a writer and a poet and an artist whose work has been featured on the Washington in the Washington Times, the 700 Club, Desiring God, the Gospel Coalition, and other publications. I loved some of your pieces that were just in uh, part of Christianity Today. Um, and you came to Christ in 2008, which we had David Bennett on here last week hearing his insane testimony and 2008 was when he came to christ and i came like surrendered myself that year and so we talked about we're like i don't know what god was doing that year but he just was hitting a lot of us Hmm. and you've been sharing the gospel since then and you are um at home your wife to preston not preston sprinkle who we've also had on here different preston for those of you who (laughs) listen regularly um and your mom to eden and autumn who you just talked about and you wrote a book And I so appreciated it. I just, um, there's so many times I read it in one sitting in an Mm. afternoon where the girls, my, our daughters are two and four. And, um, so I, they were both sleeping. Thank you, Lord. And I read the whole thing and it's, it just is gritty and it speaks truth and it's kind at the same time. So thank you for that. Amen. It was a joy to write. Well, thank you. I'm just, Yeah, so grateful for God's good work. So we are going to throw to our question of the week from last week, which this was a decently benign one as the week before was like, what's men and women's core fear? So (laughs) we needed a little breather for the question of the week. And so we just talked about what's your ideal autumn day? Traditionally, the fall is not my favorite. I get slip into a decent sized depression, but I'm feeling good so far. And in part due to some of y'all's good ideas that you threw at me um but jackie we'd love to just start with you what's like your like fall if you have like an ideal day what what would that look like uh probably doing nothing and drinking coffee all at the same time <laughs> do you do you like like cuddle up on the couch or is it just like i don't even care what the weather is i'm good no that's work too just <laughs> just doing nothing yes oh yeah it's typically my busiest season and oh, so i yeah. think oh. It's idealism to say that I could do nothing in September. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> yep, fall and spring are traditionally the speaking seasons. Mm. Uh, and then summer, you just tend to take it off. So I get it, just doing nothing. And you have a four-month-old, let's just be honest. Just doing nothing <laughs> is something you yeah. do. I used to daydream about watching TV when our daughter was four months old. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Matt, how about you? What's your ideal day and what from listeners did you... 
Appreciate. Yeah, yeah, I really appreciated Amy's comments about exploring in the woods with her sisters and cousin and how she just never grew out of that love for exploring and how she really doesn't plan to because I, I feel like that's something that I would love to do. Explore. Is just explore the woods. Yeah. You know, maybe come home at the end of that and have like pizza and a movie. There you go. Something mm. like that. Just yeah. not a whole lot of noise, just a good kind of retreat. <laughs> Everyone's like, I have a lot of kids. There's a lot of noise in my life. There is no silence. There is only Doc McStuffin. <laughs> Thank you, Ron Swanson. <laughs> All right. Parks and Rec joke. We yes. don't stop them. Okay, go ahead, Steve. Uh, I liked what Les had to say. Football with friends and or family and all the guacamole and salsa, a chill in the air, which uh, rare for Alab- Alabamians. Yep, yep. There you uh, go. Which I lived for a while in Mississippi, so I get that. But so I, I do prefer the, you know, chill that we get up here in Michigan. But yeah. uh, if it is a perfectly rainy fall day, just a book and a fire, I'm an indoor person. So yeah. I really uh, relate with less here. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah. So I did say in my like question, instead of keeping it strictly autumn day, I was like, so besides a venti pumpkin spice latte, yeah. uh, what would you want? And people were like, no, not pumpkin spice. And I threw that in there because I knew people. <laughs> would react strongly yes i don't even like the pumpkin spice latte um it's not great it just kind of like gets a lot of like grit on your tongue and that's just gross no thanks no thanks uh so one of my friends Haley, said she's like can i angry react to the psl and i was like yes you can that's fine <laughs> uh, but she just said walking outside in a sweater in the woods when when the leaves are changing and the air is crisp but not tinged with ice yet she's a writer love it uh followed by tea or hot chocolate and a cozy blanket and some music in the background and either conversation with friends or a good book and i love that i don't know i'd probably pick the quiet though too <laughs> like we got introverts all around so we would take that all right thanks guys uh and thank you all for those of you who submitted some answers to that uh we love reading and hearing all of them it put me in a not a jolly good spirit, but a, what's a fallish word? A calm and serene spirit. So thank you. <laughs> this is the time of the show where we take a vacation from our problems. Yes, I am mishmashing two different movies, which is <laughs> Inside Out, uh, as well as What About Bob. We've got a therapist always in the room, so we have to do What About Bob. If you haven't seen it, just watch it. You'll get what I'm saying. Uh, and the vehicle we're taking is a little black rain cloud. There, no. <laughs> Isn't this a clever disguise? Thanks, Winnie the Pooh. And the game we are playing is Would You Rather, because this is always a good one, no matter who our guest is. Um, now, Jackie, the reason we just shift to the goofy stage is because we talk about the gospel and we talk about a lot of people's stories and we talk about situations that, like, I, we just say, like, corners of the church often we don't want to talk about. We intentionally schedule fun into our podcast, so it's not all, uh, could be sad, I guess, just heavy. heavy, intense. And so, I mean, I've never been accused of being intense, ever. <laughs> and by intense, I mean camping. Just kidding. Oh, okay. Oh, very, very good. Matt, I was dad waiting joke. for you. Where's the dad, dad joke button? Joke. Okay, so would you rather, now guys, here we go. Would you rather hang out with Winnie the Pooh or Baloo from the Jungle Book? Now it's the Bare Necessities guy or mm-hmm. Winnie the Pooh who likes to eat honey and seems like a good hang because he would be a real chill. I'm saying Baloo. Uh, he's a big guy. I'm a big guy. Yeah. I feel like... I might break Winnie the Pooh somehow. Although, <laughs> I mean, so- how tall is he? He's shorter than Christopher Robin. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. And Baloo 
is kind of my, like, yeah. I was going to say my alter ego. That's not true. Uh, he's like the counter to me. You know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. he and I would be a good fit because I'm more like laid back and uh -huh. sarcastic and he's just out there and big fun. Bare necessities. Yes. Got it. How about you, Jackie? Yeah, I would say Winnie because I don't know who the other guy is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. There's that. There's that. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would actually have to go with Winnie the Pooh too, not because of his personality, but because of the Hundred Acre Wood Oh, yeah. versus oh. the jungle where things might kill you. Um, yes. And There's so I, I feel like thing. there would be a sense of, of calm serenity with, with Winnie the Pooh and the Hundred Acre Wood versus, you know, having to run away from pythons and tigers. All right. You convinced me. And he's just stuffed with cotton and honey and we'd sit in a tree fluff. and eat honey, fluff, fluff and honey, fluff and honey. Stuffed with fluff. What's the song? Stuffed with honey. <laughs> I thought it was stuffed with fluff. Okay, I, I would pick him, too, and just sit in the tree and eat honey all day. He makes it look good on his paw, just licking it. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Would you rather have narcolepsy or insomnia? So would you rather fall asleep anywhere or just not be able to sleep? Let's talk to the mom of a four-month-old. How's that going for you? Uh, insomnia seems to be functional, so... <laughs> Uh, I'll probably take that. <laughs> you get a lot more work done, but you're a little yeah. bit half crazy all the time. Yeah, I'm in the flesh a lot because oh. I'm tired and mm. cranky. But, you know, yeah. you know, we get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think I'd have to go with insomnia as well. Narcolepsy, I'm just, if you're driving and all of a sudden fall asleep, it seems like there's more just inherent danger with it. That's a good point. You're very convincing. I'm going with Matt again. This is strange to be in so much agreement, but maybe because we're talking about marriage. But well, I would do that too. You get a lot more done if you have yeah. the insomnia. But again, you're half crazy. <laughs> I'm going to just represent the opposing viewpoint. Okay. All right, Baloo. I'll stand alone. Yes, me and Baloo. <laughs> uh, I feel like I already sometimes have narcolepsy. Like I wow. uh, traveled this weekend and yeah. I can like fall asleep in a plane. Oh, yeah. You I know? can sleep anywhere. Yeah. Uh -huh. So I sort of have it. Plus, if you have narcolepsy as the excuse, then you can make people just drive you around. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you can have a lot of people do things for you. Ooh, I, I, got, I got narcolepsy. Sorry, narcolepsy. Sorry. Can't do that. Can't you take something for that? No, <laughs> I can't. Drive me. Right. All right. Be a famous country singer or a famous kids band leader like the Wiggles. Oh, my I want to say neither, to be yeah. honest with you. They both seem equally terrible, and my ears are already hurting, even visualizing it. I seriously can't pick I'm anyone. Gonna, I'm going to say Go. country singer, because maybe then I could get like a big like Ford truck contract, and I could do commercials. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I'm for saying? a truck. Okay, for I, the, I, the merch. I don't For the merch, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Endorsement deals. Yeah. Yeah. Gone country. <laughs> you only yeah. sing about your truck, though. That's true. How about you, Jackie? Yeah, neither. Neither. Okay. Yes. We're going to high five through the internet. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I'm already a leader of a children's band mm. because I <laughs> make up true. songs all day when I'm with the girls. And so I, I think I'd have to go with that partially because I already am and partially because I just really can't stand country music. Mm. Yeah. The girls will ask me to like do different voices and songs you do. And sometimes I pretend I don't hear their questions. Whoops. <laughs> I'm a terrible parent. Okay. Next, find out. Okay, would you rather find out you swallowed six spiders in your sleep? 
So in one sleep, woke up and it's mm-hmm. like, congratulations, six spiders. Okay. Or find out a waiter spit in your meal and you already ate it. So congratulations, you ate sickness. Hmm. Probably spiders because mm-hmm. that's actually what happens. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. So. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and spiders are pretty closely related to crab. And we eat crab, so... You're such a nerd. I am a big nerd. They're both arthropods. It's like telling Look me, yes, arthropods. That was the Just word you kept saying. imagine it's a shellfish. <laughs> yeah, it's Car a shellfish. Drive. Hopefully you're not allergic. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I'm down with the spider eating as well, because with all that narcolepsy, it's inevitable. <laughs> you and Baloo just right. down in... Plus, the thing that I got from the waiter, I paid for that. So to know that you not mm. only ate spit, but then paid for spit is yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Unless it was like, congratulations, you ate six spiders and they laid eggs at you. And they're going <laughs> to like birth. a horror, horror <laughs> movie. Like, I've oh never boy. watched horror films, but it just seems like <laughs> worse version. But we all picked it. Okay. Mm, yeah. All right. Own 10,000 bobbleheads or 10,000 Mr. Potato Heads. What's wrong with me? How do I come up with these? <laughs> and you can't sell them. You're just that person. They come over to your house and they're like, wow, okay, wow. So 10,000. Yeah, I've got 10,000. And you just stare at them and you don't blink because you're an insomniac. Thousand. Man. Yep. They're everywhere in your house. Which one? I, can I double down and say 10,000 Mr. Potato bobbleheads? Oh, wow. <laughs> you're just leaning into it. Wow. <laughs> for the girls, for both the daughters. Of them. Just do both of them. <laughs> okay, go for it. Jackie, any, any words? Uh, yeah, right? Both creep me out through the night. <laughs> and so I guess potato head because I can take their, their eyes out. There you go. Oh, that was crafty. I feel yeah. like with bobbleheads, there's a variety. Obviously, you yeah. know, with a potato head, you do have the interchangeable parts, so you can. But there's parts. Uh, right, yeah. right. With bobbleheads, I can probably, if I work really hard, think of like 10,000 famous people, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. like have a bobblehead for each one. Yeah. So there's my, you know, here's the Boba Fett bobblehead and here's the, you know, Captain Kirk bobblehead. And You're that you know, guy. You're yep. like super that guy. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I already, okay. I already have 10,000 bobbleheads at home. <laughs> How Don't do tell I come anybody. up with these? I just went to your house, just wrote the question down. Yeah. I go with potato heads too, because the kids could play with them and then... Mm. Maybe I could somehow shove them in some sort of thing and in the basement. So, okay. Use only Comic Sans or only Papyrus fonts. <laughs> That's right. You look like, again, this is another character person you know. You're like, why are you emailing me in Comic Sans? But they are. Right. I think I go Papyrus because of the SNL skit. That's right. That's a good joke. And it's less like, hi, I'm Lori. Right. I already get that. That's the, the voice hair. of Comic Sans? <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's Comic Sans. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. I, I feel like I would not have any clients if I emailed people in oh, Comic Sans. You could not be a therapist <laughs> in like, Comic Sans. I'm, I'm dealing with depression. Yeah. I'm so And I'm, I'm answering so them in Comic Sans. That's right. not going to be a good combination. I'm sorry for your pain. Okay. Sorry. I'll stop. Um, Jackie, do you have any yeah, thoughts? I have no idea. No. Do you know what these look like? Not really, no. So Comic Sans is like basically... Comic mm, book writing. Comic book It's like bubble letters yeah. for fonts minus the bubble. And then Papyrus is like trying to look like Hebrew scroll writing yes. slash Egyptian, hence yeah. the Papyrus name. 
and mm-hmm. they used it for the movie Avatar. And there's an SNL skit making fun of how willy nilly they chose that right. font. So I guess uh, if you had to email everyone in either like this bubble letters or pretending you're an Egyptian, which one would you? Probably want? Egyptian. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's the right choice. Yeah, Steve, that's, did that's, you? Wh- that's okay. where I'm going to. All right, we'll hit these last ones up. Um, two more. Would you rather always speak in Pig Latin, which who wants to demonstrate that? Pig pay lay. There you go. Or always speak in Shakespearean dialogue. So where far art thou? Yes. Yes. Oh, these are terrible. I'm going Shakespearean. Yeah, all you're gonna the sound way. smarter. Did Shakespearean yes. people say huzzah? Uh, well, Probably. Yes. And so I'm definitely going with that. Yeah. Shakespeare. What if you delivered Shakespearean dialogue in Pig Latin? No one would understand. Yeah, you're right. It, air for... <laughs> I can't do it. Art. I definitely do Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and you, like, speak a lot. I mean, people just be like, well, this is the new Jackie. We're just going to go with this. <laughs> <laughs> She's just a genius. Okay, last one. Would you rather be allergic to sugar? So, like, super allergic to sugar. So, like, it's in the room. Uh, so, there's no going to Krispy Kreme. Mm. No more... You're not going to Paris. You're right. just toast. Or have to wear ponchos 24-7. Man. Like rain ones. So right. like you're kind of constantly sweating. Like the $1 sweat. variety that yeah. you would get like at, at Disney. Disney. When you're like, oh, snap, it yeah. rains every day. I forgot day. the it's umbrella. the greenhouse effect inside yes. your yeah, actual. Wow. Yeah. You got some rank stank <laughs> every day, 24-7. You're sleeping in it too. Crinkle, crinkle. Come on. Come on. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm going with poncho. Poncho. Sugar is in more things than sweets, so I would be limited in a major way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ketchup. I like bread. I like pasta, but those kind of become sugar in your body. So I'd rather wear poncho. I agree, and I feel like you could get different color ponchos, you know, to to change it up. Again, that guy. You could. (laughs) I just went to Steve's house and just looked in his closet and started writing things down. You're not supposed to out people like this. Isn't sorry, there a rule I'm sorry. about that? Yes, there is lots okay. of rules. All the ponchos in my closet. <laughs> no, uh, I would go out when it's bre- when it's windy, when it's breezy, and I would just kind of twirl so it would kind of air it out. <laughs> you know, cut some ventilation slits exactly. into it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can alter the poncho. Have like tassels. Tsi tsi is the appropriate Hebrew word. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Well, I think we've sufficiently goofballed and. We're going to shift now to the heart of the matter. All right. So the reason we do this podcast is to talk about how the gospel is good news for everybody every day. And um, if that gospel is I'm more sinful than I believe and more loved than I can imagine to abbreviate Tim Keller uh, or all fall short, all are loved. How and when Jackie was the gospel first good news for you? And then we love asking this because we know our testimonies are never just a one-time past tense thing. How is it still good news for you? Yeah, I think the first time it became good um, was when I was converted um, because it wasn't that anybody preached the gospel to me per se. Yeah. Uh, the gospel that I remembered um, was that was John 3.16. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I remember it. it from yeah. Sunday school and right. I remember that uh, it said that 
Christ came and died for sinners so that they would have eternal life. And that was all I knew. And so mm-hmm. I kind of held on to that and believed it to be true um, mm-hmm. as the only hope that I had, you know, from freedom from myself and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it's still good news because <laughs> it's still good news. <laughs> it's yeah. like, uh, I still have to believe um, and I'm able to believe that, oh, the sins that I still deal with and the victories that I still have that Mm -hmm. Christ has uh, given me power over pride. He's given me power over fear. He's given me power over all types of stuff. And so I think the same, like in 2008, when I needed to repent and believe in that good news to save me, Mm -hmm. uh, in many ways, I've continued to believe by his grace to keep me. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I love it. So Jackie, I know in that 2008 season, and and you talk about this in your book, just like that you you didn't pursue God because of your same-sex attractions and your gay relationships and things like that. That wasn't the reason for it. It was more just like, or was it? Like, why why did you say yes to Jesus? I know you were in um, a committed same-sex relationship and you were, I don't know, living for yourself. Like, why, why did you just even say yes to Jesus and how? He seemed to be the only worthy option. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think in that moment, I think all of my sin in light of the reality of what it would do to me in eternity, it kind of, I saw how foolish it was. Mm -hmm. Like, it was like, oh, I've just kind of been living it up as if these things will give me eternal life. (laughs) And then I think up and against Christ then, it wasn't like I had a theology of God. I didn't know the Psalms or Romans or Colossians 1 and all of this type of stuff. But I just saw if he's offering me himself through his gospel, then he has to be a better alternative than this. And Mm -hmm. so I think that was why uh, I chose the Lord, for lack of better words, was Mm -hmm. just because if not him, then who, then what? Sin again? Right. Uh, so, did you yeah. even think that sentence? Because I talk to people who, like, after kind of waking up to like this eternal reality, like they they like I don't even know if I thought about it necessarily. It was almost like a third level of thinking in their subconscious. Like they weren't thinking, I am choosing this because I. And I'm not saying you're choosing the attractions. I'm not saying anything. I'm saying you're choosing to follow. Um, your inborn sinful nature, as you already alluded to, the sinful nature is without this, with this lack of sleep. So just as you're following that, like, were you even thinking about it? Like, wow, I am consciously thinking that this is going to give me eternal life. Or were you just living? (laughs) I was just doing me. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I was just like, oh, let me choose my girlfriend. Let me make her an idol today. Yeah, that yeah. wasn't the thing. No. <laughs> we tell Christianese are are. Yeah, it decisions. wasn't the thing. But I think I think that's what I think that's why God is so good though, because mm-hmm. I think He had to show me that that was what that was what was happening. Is that I was yeah. I was definitely making logical decisions to rebel, mm-hmm. um, even though I didn't see it as that. Right. So can you just describe that one scene, which I know you've done, I'm sure, a million times, but I just would love for our listeners to hear that. And then I want to dive into some of this whole marriage um, piece and and even your decision to get married. But like just that scene of where you were in this relationship and you had this brokenness and this lostness. And then like, how did Jesus wake you up? Like, and how did he speak the language you could hear if it wasn't, this is an idol. You need to run from idols. Like, how did he use the language you could hear? And what was that scene? 
Yeah, I was in my uh, room. Uh, I think I was watching like MTV or something. Mm-hmm. And um, just randomly, the strongest thought came to my head that was basically saying something like, my sin would be the death of me. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that was weird. I don't, I don't know what that's about. And so I just started to randomly think about my sin and think mm-hmm. about its consequences. Um, and then you? I started to kind of have a conversation with God about, are you calling me to be straight? Are you mm-hmm. calling me to do this? Like, I, I don't really understand what any of this means. Um, and then when I started to really think through uh, the verse that came to my mind, which was John three sixteen, it was like, okay, I've tried to be Christian before. Cause I had said the like sinner's prayer like 12 times right. and it never worked. Right. right. Oh yeah, yeah. I had tried that. And so I knew that I could not save myself. Like mm-hmm. at that point I knew if you're calling me to be holy, that has to be something you have to do. And so I told God, I was like, what you're calling me to do, I I know I can't do it on my own, but Mm -hmm. I do know enough about you to know that you'll help me. Mm -hmm. And so this is just the conversation that I'm having. And I tell people all the time, I didn't know that what was happening was repentance and faith. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's just, I saw my sin as worthless. I saw Christ as the only one who would be able to save me and keep Mm me. And I just believed it. Oh, (laughs) that's so so gorgeous. The was way he rescued me. So was it even so even using that word, like, do you feel like you even use the word sin? And I don't know why I'm leaning in here so hard, but I just love how God uses the language we can like receive. He meets us right where we're at. We so love to yeah. just go right on the top of the mountain and yell at everyone, quote unquote, below us, even though we're equal at the foot of the cross. But like, do you feel like it was even using that word sin or was it just kind of he just put it in front of you? That third tier of thinking. Was it just kind of like, Jackie, look at this, dear one. It was definitely sin because I I was I was um, in church for like the first 10 years of my life. Yeah. And so I had heard, you know, for the wages of sin is death. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I think it's hard to grow up in a black Baptist church and not hear the words abomination, sin, Mm -hmm. hell, damnation at least once a week. So (laughs) (laughs) I had a frame of reference for that for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. So in the midst of this, which again, it's so funny thinking 2008. And so I can almost like put my story next to yours. So there's kind of this, for me, there was like this messy, like, ah, like baby Bambi deer legs that I'm walking on in my own faith. And I'm like, is this how I, am I doing it? Am I doing it right? And then starting to really fall in love with Jesus and know him. And then this guy named Matt kind of entered my life again, even though I was happy being single. Uh, How did you wrestle with like, uh, I guess this decision or was it a decision to either remain single and celibate or get married? Like, was there a wrestling that happened or how did that come about? Um, I think I had always had the desire to be married, but I didn't necessarily feel like going through what marriage would have to, what it, what it would bring out of me, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like I knew, I knew marriage would be a challenge, but yeah. it was something, it was a challenge that I wanted to do. Now, I didn't want to do it as early as the Lord ended up dropping it in my life. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking like early 30s. Yeah, right. Um, but I met Preston when I was 20. Mm-hmm. And um, we were just friends uh, for a long time because at that point I was I was just, I'm just trying to figure out this whole Christian thing. I'm not trying to be in a relationship like 80% of these other girls. And, uh, <laughs> Breach. 
when um it came to a point where my my affection started to grow for him mm-hmm. and I, I didn't know where that was coming from or why I was there. Um, and I just kind of started to dialogue with uh, the woman that was discipling me mm-hmm. about it. But I also sensed like maybe God is giving me this desire for a reason. And so a lot of, I guess, my choosing to be with Preston was me following what I felt like the Lord was leading me to do. Like mm-hmm. it seemed as if he was calling me to this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. It, was, it was more that like, I, I think this is what you want out of me. So yeah. cool. I think that's a really important distinction because not just in, you know, mixed orientation marriages, but in any marriage that that should be something that God is calling you into, not just something that you do based on your own feelings, but mm-hmm. really like a calling that God has placed on your life to be with this other, you know, individual that he has brought to you. Yeah, I agree. So you alluded to this whole like marriage, like you didn't want to do it because it was going to be hard. Now, was it strictly because of like the sexual orientation situation or were you like, because again, I'm just putting myself next to you. I just looked at marriage in general and I didn't even think I was like, yeah, this is going to be really challenging with my own sexual default. Mm -hmm. But how I, I just more looked at marriage as a whole and I was like, this looks terrible. I, I have a hard time finding couples who really submit to each other and love Jesus and are linking arms as they're running to him. So what for you was the, the challenge that you alluded to? I think it was mainly my sexuality or yeah. who I thought myself to be. Because, I mean, truth be told, Preston is the first real heterosexual relationship I've ever had. Yeah. Uh, prior to him is like, you know the boyfriend that you have for six weeks in eighth grade. Oh, that, yeah. that doesn't count. Oh, that counts. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so I think my challenge was, will I ever love him truly? Will mm-hmm. I ever be as attracted to him as I was to the women I was with? Will mm-hmm. I ever uh, feel like I can be myself? And so I think those were a lot of my fears mm-hmm. that made me not want to do marriage because I didn't know if God would actually do something inside of me to the point where it wouldn't be me uh, just doing something for the sake of God calling me to do it. Right. Or would there actually be some affection involved? I didn't know. So as it sounds like, even in that friendship dating time, the affection grew. Is that accurate? Yeah, but it grew very slowly. Yeah. Um, yeah, very slow. Like a lot of it for a good part of time was me liking him, mm-hmm. but a lot of it was me obeying the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, as we grew together and I began to trust him a little bit more and even get counsel, uh, about my own fears and lack of vulnerability, mm-hmm. pride, et cetera, is it was as if, as, as God heals me and it's still healing me. So I'm not going to say like I'm a hundred percent there, yeah. but as yeah. God healed and is healing me, that's when it seems that my heart opens up wider mm-hmm. to be able to actually experience um his love and be as loving as I know that I could be but I've always been afraid to be Mm. so how do you view marriage now like how is your marriage different from other marriages (laughs) in comparison to marriages I know (laughs) I guess so like just so we we have couples come to us who are dating or engaged or just married and they just look at us and they say the same sentence as you're saying. They're like, I don't, am I just always going to be longing for someone else? Which I mean, super straight people can say that too. Like everyone has to surrender the sexuality. So I just wonder you, how many years married are you in now? 
It'll be five in March. Five, almost five years married. And uh, like Matt and I just, as we journey alongside other married couples who do not have our same history, we keep finding like tons of similarities and God just keeps blowing our mind when it comes to what is marriage in general. So I guess just maybe what have you learned about marriage and, and is it really so different? Is it, are you guys really such this enigma, this different couple from everyone else? Um, I don't think we're different. I, I think what marriage is and has been doing to me is that it's a constant challenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll mm-hmm. say that. I mm-hmm. think, um, and may, and I think what I'm about to say is super cliche, but <laughs> seriously, the Lord just continues to show me just deep, deep levels of myself, yeah. uh, through Preston. But also I think I'm, we're going on year five and I feel like this is the first year that we're starting to really get to know each other. Yeah. And you know, when you know each other, it's like, yeah, I know your favorite food. Yeah, I know yeah. what you, but really I know your trauma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I see it and you, we're, we cry in front of each other instead of hiding it. And so I think um, marriage as of now, I feel like God has just been like, man, I'm going to heal each. each I'm going to use each other to heal y'all mm-hmm. in a weird, strange way. And it's really oh, scary, yeah. really terrifying. And it really sucks. And there's a lot of arguments that come out of it. <laughs> but what do we experience i don't know what you're saying what are you saying (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh yeah yeah it's a it's a struggle to remain connected and you know the closer you get to one another the the more faults you can find with one another but also the more joy and beauty you find in one another as well and so i mean for for you and preston how you know you're five how how do you do that how do you make sure that you are still pursuing one another and remaining connected. Yeah. I think a lot of it is honesty. Um, we were, when we met our, our relationship was built on honesty because, uh, I did a poem about my testimony about being lesbian. Mm -hmm. He did a poem about his testimony about how he slept with everyone that could breathe. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's how we met. (laughs) (laughs) This is me. This is you. Um, Here's so baseline. We're, we're just two people that are not we're not fans of pretense at all. Yeah. Um, so I think that has been helpful for us is if there is distance, why is it? Mm-hmm. If there is distrust, why is it? And being willing to be vulnerable in that um, and, and talk about it and discuss it. But I think the hugest thing for us has been welcoming other people into our marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I, I think without specifically uh, our pastor, when we lived in Chicago, my, our pastor, Brian Dye and his wife, Heidi, I think without them, we wouldn't be married. Mm. It's just, it was just too much pain, too much fear, too much pride, mm. too much lack of affection in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they continue to push us to the gospel and how the gospel should express itself and how we love each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think without community, when it comes to our marriage, we would not be able to work through the things that we work through in a healthy and sometimes whack way. But I think overall, yeah. a healthy way. Yeah. What do those sentences sound like, Jackie, for you and Preston? So let's say um, you're having like a rough day. Let's say you're really, you're struggling sexually or you're struggling with, you know, you're just exhausted and you're just like, I'm so angry and I'm in this anger storm. For me, I often like Adam and Eve just want to hide and isolate and shut down or I want to just like bark out and freak out. What do you do? What do those sentences, those courageous, honest sentences sound like to Preston or to someone who's in your life? 
Yeah. Yeah, I had some uh, yesterday. Um, first, so my, me and him are different. He's a verbal processor. I'm inward. So a lot of times I'll be dealing with stuff and not even realizing it yeah. until I've sat down to think through it. And then I'll be able to like discuss it with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, for example, yesterday I was feeling I'm, I'm just really overwhelmed um, in light of just a lot of what I have going on. Sorry if you hear my baby in She's the back. She's so cute. <laughs> yeah, I can't cute. even handle it. It's real cute. We're all smiling Eating over here. Yeah. But um, I told him, I was like, I just feel, I was like, I'm sorry that I've been a little bit distant mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. I just feel really down. And it's, it's just that. It's yeah. This is where I am. Um, and then he'll come back and say, he'll he'll offer, do you want to discuss it? Or do you just want to kind of move on? I was like, I don't really want to talk about it. Yeah. And that's yeah. that. Yeah. So yep. it, it's yeah. it's kind of that type of thing. Oh, I love it. So Jackie, I just I just can't get over how cute your baby is. But also, um how in raising those sweet babies, do you ever look at them and just knowing the conversation that you're in and you're in many conversations and just knowing you and Preston, you know, with great power comes great responsibility or whatever, just, you know, the platform and all these things that people can say, like, I wrestle sometimes looking at our sweet girls, just knowing I'm in such a controversial conversation and just like, I don't know, watching things happen. How do you guys navigate that? So we're kind of shifting into some of parenting, but just like, how do you navigate like, okay, God, this is my calling. And in that wrestling, maybe you don't have this. I do where I'm like, I just want to hunker down and just cover these babies in protection. And yet also wrestling with, I want them to be warrior women. How do you guys in your marriage and in your parenting handle that? I don't know yet. I feel like, my I feel like Eden she's three I feel like she's still so unaware of things that I haven't had to practically work through that yeah I think a lot of it is uh because we're in Atlanta and Atlanta I think is number two statistically when it comes to like uh black gay yeah and lesbian population and so it's going to be a world that she's surrounded by um and I think in many ways it's going to seem very normal and Mm -hmm. so I've been actually just praying that's kind of where I'm at yeah God giving me the wisdom to know how to navigate and parent her and shepherd. So if you're one of your daughters wrestles with their sexuality, like you do, have you thought about that and what you might do, how you might respond? Yeah, I honestly, this might sound super negative, but I really (laughs) think that this in 10 years will be a common struggle Mm. with most teens, most young kids. Yeah. Um, only because now, even when I go out and speak about sexuality, when I speak to high schoolers, middle schoolers, oh, yeah. 85% of them struggle. Yep. And so for me, I kind of have the expectation that that might be a conversation we have to have. But I think what I want to do is I think before she even has to confess that to me, I want to kind of create the space where she feels the freedom to do so. Yeah. Um, And I think a lot of that will be her knowing that her mother and father are tempted with things, that we struggle with things, her knowing that we are weak in many ways um, Mm. so that she doesn't feel like we're perfect and she's saying something strange to us mm-hmm. <laughs> that we can't empathize with or understand. Yeah. Uh, but I also want to model what I wish I would have had, Yeah. which is um, someone meeting my confession with hope mm. 
mm-hmm. and with um, kind of a sense of just not this shock and awe. Right. Like, oh, right. Goodness, yes. You have a, you want to do this with another girl. I cannot believe I don't want to do that. Right. Like I want to be like, OK, that's that's a part of your humanity. Yeah. Let's yeah. discuss it. Let's talk boring. about it. Um, I'm as your mother. I'm here to pray with you. And I'm also here to tell you that let's say you do get over this. It'll be something else that pops up next yes. week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something else that pops up in two weeks. And so not to make that seem as if that's a struggle that can't be overcome. But if it is overcome, it might pop back up or you might mm-hmm. have some other ones. And so yep. that's just the reality of living on this earth. That's so right. that's Love kind it. of the plan. I love it. But ten years, <laughs> and I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll follow. We'll, we'll, we'll be in the back. same yeah. spot. Yeah, no we'll problem. talk to each other. We'll cha- exchange notes. <laughs> so you do a lot of speaking, and um, we do a decent amount too, and can experience this kind of uh, people wanting to make us their poster child or their greatest enemy of like you are you know the one who overcame and then you're like no 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 I'm still a sinner and then you're like oh or you're what and you're or you're like you're getting sexually assaulted for being married how do you navigate that space because I could use some hints yeah man I'm still (laughs) figuring it out I think for the poster child stuff I've been trying to really push people um to see Jesus as the poster child. Amen. Uh, just to push them to Christ where it's like, nah, I'm, I'm still pretty jacked up, still pretty, you know, inadequate in yeah. many ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think being honest about where I am still has been helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if I was not honest or transparent about my current struggles, I think it would leave more room for people to uh, present me as this I don't know, deity in many ways. Yeah. Um, or Satan. It's the, either one. You're either Satan or a deity. No, seriously. Yeah. It's just like, oh my God, I want my kids to be like you. No, you yeah. don't. Yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. You don't know everything that comes along with yeah, that. Take your paws right. off yeah. me. Put them on Jesus. Yeah. I think for the other crowd, I think um, I really just have, I really do believe that the gospel is foolish to those who are perishing. And I really do believe that part of being a Christian is to be misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Um, I cling a lot to the fact that when Jesus was teaching the truth, they had the audacity to say that he was possessed. <laughs> and it's God. like, well, he, yeah. if Jesus is God and the most wisest one ever, the most yeah. loving one ever, then how can I assume that in my saying, this is who I am, this is who God is, this is what he's done, that you won't somehow think that's foolish or mm-hmm. dumb or stupid or a lie. And so I expect it as a part of hearing truth is yeah. that the truth won't sound right. Won't sound true, but the truth is what actually sets people free. And so. Yes. Mm. Amen. Thank you. That exhorted my soul. Yeah. And I think your baby's saying some amens there. Yeah, she is. <laughs> oh, cute. Um, all right. So last one, I just, uh, how can we as the church care better for marriages like ours or just marriages in general and just mm. talk about this, conversation but just really does how how can they care for you better um what would you say jackie i don't i think one thing that counseling has done that sometimes pastoring didn't do Mm. which was give me more than believe the gospel Mm. and you are to believe the gospel for sure Yeah, yeah but there are some things that need to be fleshed out 
Mm. and understood and and diagnosed even Mm. for us to be able to have the freedom or the state of mind to believe the gospel. Yeah. And so I think that's one thing that would have helped us more Mm. is if sat down with leaders or in our community it wasn't just oh we're struggling oh well you got to believe the gospel yeah what does that pray. mean yeah yeah <laughs> tangible like yes yeah. real help talk about mental health talk about yeah all the things right yeah so yeah. I, I think that i think also um to yeah. just kind of go beyond the cliche ways of counsel um mm-hmm. and actually get deeper into mm-hmm. to what's to be believed and how it can be believed Amen. Isn't the dream scenario, though, that the church could do not diagnose like whatever anxiety, depression, et cetera, because I don't know, it's a little dangerous. But like, don't you think that there's more that the church could do than just throw cliches like that? We can really learn how to journey with people mm-hmm. and, and, and to ask the questions, ask the deep, hard questions and carry yeah. someone's pain. Yeah, I think I, for me, when I counsel people, when you ask really good questions and questions that maybe, you know, you 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 getting into some things yeah. that might trigger them. Right. Um, I think it allows for you to counsel in a actually really deep and authentic way than just saying, how's your walk? Yeah. How's your time to work? Yep. How's your prayer life? Yeah. And then we just kind of stare. OK, well, I mean, do better and slap them on the back. <laughs> like, that's- <laughs> That's not caring yeah. for each other and carrying each other's burdens. That's like, uh, I can't handle your pain. I'm actually just thinking about me. Because mm-hmm. it can feel inconvenient to go there. Yeah. Uh, that's if your your comfort is in the forefront. But I think when it's to serve people well, um, then you just got to lay it. Even if it takes three hours. There's some counseling sessions I've had. This is about to be four or five hours just because mm-hmm. it's that deep. You're crying mm-hmm. right now. I mm-hmm. can't leave you here in this place. Well, um, and, and how much does that speak to you? The very fact that someone, even it's not someone you're paying, but like another brother or sister in Christ who is willing to spend that time with you and really wrestle through some <laughs> gritty things. Like how much, even the very act of a sacrifice of time and comfort, how much yeah. healing could that even produce in a soul? Mm-hmm. <sighs> mm-hmm. Okay, I feel like we could start another podcast right now, but we're going to let you get back to your kids. Um, Jackie, thanks so much for cracking open the door of your heart in this gospel and marriage thing. And just for um, not giving up, we just, I don't know, I just want to high five again through the internet airwaves, whatever we're doing here. Um, And just thank you for, for never giving up. Thank you for never giving up on me with my baby interruptions. It's so cute. It's so cute. I can't handle it. It's the first time we've had a baby on here, but it's great. Um, All right. So thank you all for listening. Our question of the week for next week is getting a little bit deeper. We're going back to the usual HIMH standard, uh, which is cracking open those hearts. But what's the craziest thing you feel like you've done in an act of obedience to God? So what was like, okay, that was crazy. That was a big faith step. So what was that? We'd love to hear from you. Um, Just a reminder to you all, just thanks so much for sharing this podcast, for your reviews on iTunes and just for your comments and your answers to the question of the week. Um, Please feel free to share it and let people know, hey, I really appreciate this or just something that you like about it. We really like that. And you can always email us with your questions or podcast ideas. Some of the questions or ideas are 
goofball island tips I get from you all. So email me at podcast at himhministries.com. And always, you guys can support this podcast. If you like what you hear, we'll send you a gospel addict bracelet, which what's a gospel addict? It's someone who knows their desperate daily need for a savior. So any new donor of 20 bucks or more a month, uh, that would be at himhministries.com. So thank you all for listening. Um, We just really appreciate you. And thank you to our guest, Jackie. And to your adorable kids. And for all of us here at the HIMH Podcast, we will see you next week. All right, keep talking. Keep talking. Yeah. Wow, I don't, I don't have anything it's else. It's because to talk of this about. mic. I'm sorry. So let's keep talking, Matt. Do, let's do talk I about. Do I need to move it? Do I need to Yeah, get as close to it as you can. Me up. <laughs> little, Wait, Josh why? Groban. little Josh Groban. Need to raise it up. Yeah. Well, I told him before. Remember I that had, one time when I we adjusted the mic down, and yeah. he asked if I needed to raise it up. And then oh. I was about to sing Josh Groban, but I caught myself. Remember when we'd be super sad, and then you would play some Josh Groban? Don't give oh. up. Okay. <laughs>